Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Welcome back, all you Bolt Action fans. It's Andy here from Trident Wargaming. It's another Bolt Action episode. And of course, I got two of my battle buddies on tonight. Uh, Jason is returning. How's it going, Jason? Howdy. <laughs> and uh, Chris is also returning to the show. How are you doing, Hello there. Chris? I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome. Good to have you guys on. I think this is the first time I've had both of you on at the same time, so uh, it should be good. I got them worked up before the podcast, so. Um, it's it's our first threesome. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get that French perfume on. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> So uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to be targeting things we'd like to see changed for version three of Bolt Action. Uh, there's been a couple of uh, forum posts and whatnot uh, of the topic. So I said, well, let's do it on the podcast. So I know everybody, uh, you know, has their ideas and, and whatnot for things they would like to see changed or just little tweaks of uh, this and that here and there. I'm sure the guys here have uh, their ideas as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see how uh, see how on target we all are if we have the same ideas and if we agree and disagree with each other. Also, uh, you know, if you guys have topics or questions that you want to send us after listening to the episode, make sure you do it in the comments, even email us, uh, PM us, all that jazz, you know. So, um, and don't forget to check out our new little website. There's a whole bunch of articles there. Uh, the TridentWarGaming.com site uh, covers pretty much our uh, events and uh, other articles that we've been writing up, plus um, shows a little bit about the, the crew that's on there. And uh, yeah, more stuff to come. So, but as per usual, we will go to the hobby front. So this is the uh, section where we talk about what we're working on or what we're not working on, or maybe we're doing something else. So let's start with Jason. What are you working on? What are you doing? Well, I'm uh, working on some VAS right now. Ah. A little bit of victory at seas. So I pulled out my American fleet and discovered that I have uh Maybe I have too many. Too many fleets? Oh, well, that, and I I have currently, I think, eight Portland-class cruisers. <laughs> okay. There was, there was only two. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I'm kind of going through. I have uh, uh, all of the Northampton-class cruisers they had. They only had six. Uh, so I have oh, 12 or 10, I can't remember, but I have to get rid of a bunch. A bunch, I don't want to have, a, I want to have as accurate of fleets as I can, so okay. ditching the superfluous ones and uh, uh, trying to beef up some other areas. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good plan. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't touched my VAS stuff in forever. You know, so. it's kind of been a, a little bit of a hit at the the club lately. So, yeah, uh, been playing a little bit of that. I think uh, 
there's a Italian fleet uh, uh, done up that I I think I'm going to be playing against here soon. So oh, Devon's fleet. Yeah, Devon's fleet. So yeah. nice. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it should be fun. Cool. Yeah, they look good when they're all done up, eh? Yeah, it's a it's a smart. Uh, they're the fleets look really smart. I, I like them, and they're kind of fun to paint. They're uh, more relaxing for me than uh, like a full on twenty eight mil miniature. It's a lot. Uh, you know, it's a, there's a lot of fine detail, but at the same time, there's also a lot of dry brush you know what i mean i was just gonna say like, so what jason's about to say is he just prefers dry brushing his shit and yeah uh, <laughs> yeah exactly i like to sit back and not worry and, not, uh, yeah contrast and dry brushing baby <laughs> yeah it's uh you know i've been out of the uh old uh painting uh saddle for a while so it's nice to ease back with a easy little project and fair enough a night you have a ship done or two ships or a couple, you know, it's all it takes. And then, you know, you get the, you get the ball rolling a little bit and then you see, Oh, I got it. I got a project done. Even if it's a little project, Oh, I got, now I want to do another thing. Now I want to do another thing. So I did not want to pick up like, you know, a hundred plus Soviet infantry to start on or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. No, that's good. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit here and there always uh, does the trick, right? So, um, yeah. No, that's awesome. And yourself, Chris, what are you working on? You got oh. four armies painted since Tuesday. Uh, no, only two and a half, but <laughs> yeah. close. No, I've been working on my Team Yankee stuff, as blasphemous ah. as that is. Uh, trying to wrap up the Soviets, so I finished off some BMP3s and so on, rounded out my initial list, and then uh, I got three games under my belt now, so of course I realized T-80s are good in certain scenarios, but you really need to play the numbers game with the Soviets, so of course okay. now there's boxes in the mail and more stuff to paint. But Actually, I was going to ask you, Jason, with your victory at sea, are you going to do an opposing force for your Americans? Well, I have Japanese. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I did go down the, maybe I'll get a couple starter sets, which I did. And then I actually even have an unopened starter set mm -hmm. that I think I got to deal with because. Yeah. You get, guess what you get in there? More Portland class. <laughs> friggin' that was, uh, that was the same with me. I think I have, I think I got two American sets, two Japanese sets as well for uh for vas plus a whole bunch of like reinforcement boxes that they came out with and i think the arizona i have as well and stuff like that right so like oh the arizona that was a pre-release the special shoot. one yeah. yeah so um but yeah there was again like you kind of go through i think i think i picked up one of the boxes to do a replacement on some because i was leaving some at the store as like a demo that I painted up, so, um, but yeah, well, that's cool. Uh, Victory at sea, Team Yankee. Uh, was there anything else you were working on, Chris, or was that the uh, the main project? Pretty much just that, 
And then uh, I'm thinking once this is done, I'll jump back to the bolt action and try and finish up those French, nice. that French army I got. Nice. Sweet. Nice. Um, myself, well, considering I have uh, my, my DAC army is pretty much done, so the next couple bracket for points for the slow grow, um, I'm essentially there. And uh, I think once we get to 1250, I'll have to incorporate something else, maybe another squad of infantry or something or an armor car. But uh, pretty much went hardcore into like Star Wars Shatterpoint. Um, started mm-hmm. doing that. But for bolt action, um, I started actually doing the British Army. Um, decided to go with the third division after looking up some stuff. Um, in the books and then also online i guess they were part of the uh way back when in the napoleonic wars the division was part of the portuguese peninsula uh battles down there which was pretty neat and kind of strikes home a little bit so i uh, decided to go with them pull the trigger and uh just starting to build models some of the minis and then i had the choice to either start building the older British minis or the newer British slash Canadian minis? Oh, dude. Um, I think you guys know which one I went with. Yeah. So The old ones are born to be casualties. If you have them... They'll be my BAF force for my or early war, maybe. Like, looking at the difference, because I have a bunch, like, even painted and so... Ah, it's not even... It's not even close. The new ones are like a yeah, thousand times the, better. There's better detail. And then, of course, like, you know, if you haven't checked out some of the other YouTube videos and stuff that we have, um, Trout Wargaming, I've, I did some unboxing videos, and that's actually one of the kits I unboxed. Um, mm. The miniatures, the arms are together with the rifles and stuff, right? And so much easier to assemble easier to clean, a lot more detail, and still a number of options, you know, in the kits compared and to, you know, I, know. I act, sorry, I actually found them fairly easy to kind of convert to yeah. with a little bit of uh, clipping and, and a little bit of uh, putty to fill in where you clipped and uh, easier than doing anything like that with the other ones because the arms are a little bit beefier. The scale's a little bit larger. Yeah. They're still 28. I mean, it's all, it's really, it's 28-ish, honestly. Uh, But these guys are just a little bit beefier, so you can, you know, clip a little bit, uh, you know, in the elbow and move it and position and then fill in and putty Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, to change poses. Just poses if you want. Converting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, uh, so much easier than fiddling around with the, even though the idea of a separate weapon sprue is cool on its face, like in the uh, concept. And I did like having the weapon separate for putting on a base or whatever. It actually, it sucked. It sucked. It sucked so bad. The, the um, comparison is not even. The the I found the weapons were a lot thinner too. So, yeah, they all broke. They yeah. I have half of my freaking original rifles mm-hmm. intact. So, but yeah, check. one nice thing about those early kits though 
is they're great if you have a particular aversion to the Warlord Metal weapons crews. I know some people hate metal mm. with a passion, so not having those guns in hands, you can easily put the ammunition and shells for like a pack 40 or something like that. And then That's because true. they are more of a generic stance, instead of more of the dynamic of the second generation models, that way uh, when you do pose them around, say a pack 40 or whatever it is you're doing, it, uh, it blends a lot better. And hmm. I, I think from the American sprues, the, uh, like the Ranger box set is the first version infantry. They don't have the, the pouches like the canteens, the medic pouches and so on on their hips. So you could really customize them as a crew, not wearing their full kit as well. Hmm. That is true. That's good to know. Yeah, no, that's a uh, good little, good little idea there. Never even thought about that. For all you plastic lovers, there you go. <laughs> so, meat and potatoes of the episode. Here we go. We're gonna. Get Jason rolling here. We're going to crank him up here a little bit. Oh. <laughs> so things you guys would like to see changed or you think need a change or what would you like, you know, just to see in, in a new edition of Bolt Action, um, essentially. So um, I'm going to leave my my number one on here for, for later. It's not necessarily the, the number one target of change on my list, but um, I guess I'll start it off with uh, one thing I like to see changed is getting rid of the templates. Ugh, yeah, temp. <laughs> I, I hate, 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 hate. It, like, I really like the game. I think the game flows. I think every rule that they have generally leans towards improving the flow and even if it cuts into realism mm -hmm. or or you know sometimes things can be a little bit gamey here or there it, they always seem to err on the side of in, improving the flow of the game to keep it moving correct right everything is fairly intuitive and this one rule they decided you know fuck it we're just no, we're going to make you pull out the stupid friggin' template that you have to haul around everywhere uh, for to make people put their models in a gamey fashion. You can't mm -hmm. have a, you know, you can't, if, if you want to win and you have artillery or mortar pieces, you can't put them appropriately. You have to space them out as far as you're legally allowed to do so that a one-inch template doesn't take your freaking team out. Yeah, that's a very old... Um... I hate it. it. It doesn't pull you into the game. I, <laughs> no. It's not even... A, I, like, I, I get it, like, uh, like, bringing yourself down to get the model's point of view for those kind of, right. uh, what do you call it, line of sight... I get it. That pulls you in, but a template doesn't. It doesn't pull me into the game. It doesn't pull me into the scene. It makes me hold a little piece of plastic over top of some models that somebody has as cheesily as possible placed so that I can't kill them all or they can't kill. And it, 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 I hate it. It's stupid. I feel personally attacked there. 
because <laughs> I measure two inches from the breach of my French artillery guns, and I spread those four men out, man. So that's hurtful. But you, but, but yes. you got it if you're like, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're being a competitive, especially if that's like, tournament you know, level. A, a tournament level, or if that's like, okay, this is my one thing that can target tanks or whatever. Like if it dies, I'm screwed. You know, so I get it. Like, but yeah, I just you know, they, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it adds anything. So if anything t- takes away, they version one, they didn't have templates, right? No. So, it's kind of like um, you kind of go back to that, I guess. Um, I didn't actually play version one. And but, it's just a simple. It has they they have the rules for buildings. Yeah. So it's, it's just as simple as that. From from what I'm looking at, like the HE shots, which is mainly the templates, right? Um, so you had a in. I'm looking at Conflict 47 book because that's what I have right now. But um, that's V1, yeah. Yeah. So they had HE D2, D3, D6, 2D6, 3D6. So yeah. And it's looking like light mortar, you know, or, or light, yeah, light mortar, probably what, light artillery, medium, heavy, super heavy, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but, but it wouldn't be difficult. To... Yeah, but, in, and even in the same same thing with the version two with the, the uh, building hits, right? That kind of thing. Um, I would, yes, I would like to get rid of the templates. You can still have your, you know, your D6, however many hits, all that kind of stuff. Um, reacting by going down to have it, I think, is still a nice little option in there for the defender, right? Yeah, makes sense. But it, it's just simply you're, you're, now you're just figuring out that number, done, right? Um, you know, obviously, Jason agrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, now let me tell you how I really feel. Yeah. So <laughs> I do believe my first three words on on this topic were hate, hate, hate. So essentially, yeah. <laughs> Oops. And then and Chris, you had uh I thought you had an experience at LVO tournament with things like that, with like templates and um, Yeah. So So I like when we have our casual games uh within our group here, mm-hmm. it templates work just fine because i noticed jason and yourself will do the same thing when it's a casual game here's a template you tell me how many guys i just hit i will never verify i will never look i'll never question you if you tell me it's three if you tell me it's four sure i'm going to take your word at it whatever it doesn't really matter and it moves super smooth real quick it moves on but uh when you start getting into a more competitive mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nothing but a point of contention. There's no there's no discrepancy on a dice and how it's rolled and what shows. But getting that little edge of is that balance of using the body of the model or line of sight, but then for actually measuring distances and templates, you use the base. Well, what if you modeled your artillery pieces with the the crew not optimally spaced 
Mm-hmm. Well, then you're getting in the games where you, like I mentioned earlier, you got your medium artillery and your four crew. Now they're spaced out like a bunch of idiots, not behind that gun shield at all. But yeah, of course you're you're gonna take those rules and you're gonna kind of cheese it. Yeah, kind of. Well, it's 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 you know that phrase modeling for advantage. Darn yeah, right, I do. It, it's kind of yep. it's kind of the other way around, right? Because like you're modeling your artillery crews where like they're actually working the artillery. The guys actually putting the shell in the back. You know, you have the guy, the spotter guy or the commander, and he's, you know, giving the signal to adjust so many whatever millimeters up, that kind of thing. So you're modeling the, the, the miniature itself for it to look kind of representative of what they would actually be doing. But then you got the other player who's like taking full advantage, <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, of placing yeah. the template. Yeah, I got your whole crew. Well, okay. But, you know, like, like, shit, right? Like, what do I do, right? I mean, you're following the rules, but the guy's taking total advantage of it. Or the other way around, like Chris said, you purposely are measuring that distance from the actual gun, and now you have, uh, you know, six-inch by six-inch base because your guys are still in coherency, but they're spread out, right? Yeah. Might as well have them running through a minefield as well, you know, like... And you're so. naturally going to get those artillery duels. So if you have one person that modeled them with one intent and the other person that modeled them with the other intent, um, like I had that at LVO where I won the duel, per se, where I got the first hit. I ranged in and nope, you can't hit all of them, so you will never wipe that unit on yeah. a, unless you got a lucky morale roll kind of thing. And then, oh, coincidentally, the next turn he hits you, hits every single dude and wipes you right out. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. this was just a modeling thing. But yet when you're doing a more competitive game with a generic reinforced platoon, you only have one artillery piece. And when it's gone, my goodness, it changes things. So Yeah. And I, I kinda I, like oh, crap. I like your point too, you made we kind of glossed over it to this, but I like uh yeah, the dice is just ob- objectively true. No matter who's looking at it, right? A six is a six. But, you know, depending on... Here's a... I'm a chubbier guy. Uh, sometimes uh, leaning over a table to see a, a mortar strike in the middle. <laughs> I'm not exactly looking over the center of this template. Mm. I'm trying my best, baby. But uh, my line of sight on that top of that template is going to be different than yours. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Jason. I don't have that problem. <laughs> so, give me the step stool. You know, <laughs> just give me, just give me a friggin' dice, man. Yeah. No, for sure. Nobody can argue with it. Sure. So, that's that one. <laughs> you're uh, never gonna guess. That was actually top of my list too. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, big time. Um. We'll go to you guys, see which one you have. We'll we'll kind of alternate and, and see what we got. So, uh, yeah. Chris, you got one? Uh, yeah. Uh, side note, though, No More Templates was the bottom of my list. Ooh. Really? Ooh. So at the top of my list, I'm sure, is the top of Andy's. So I'll go to number two on my list. And it's Tone Down Assaults. Now, I've played both what? of you. 
I've played both of you enough I don't that you that know one. I love a good roll-off. Yeah. But uh, I think if they did kind of a blended system with the idea that Chain of Command takes where, yes, you roll off, keep everything the same as bolt-action rules are, roll off, but instead of you lose by one or you lose by six, your entire squad is wiped out. No, 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 no. I suggest... Just like Chain of Command, if you lose by one, there's a table that you roll on, and it's got varying results. Basically, if you lose by three or more, you're you're bayoneted bayoneted to death. You're you're pretty much done. Okay. But if you only lose by one or two, you roll on that appropriate chart, and it has varying effects to it. So whether that's realistic or not, I don't know. It's always a gamble. I've seen a one man one man mortar team come in and just miraculously club paratroopers to death somehow yeah i did yeah i you know what i i want to agree with my whole heart but (laughs) i do love the flow this is just going back to 40k and other games where it just bogs down so much, but I like your I like the blended system that you're suggesting. Something simple, as long as it stays nice and simple, and there's a clear cut finish. Because the last thing I hate it when, like, oh, okay, turn two, I happen to get a guy into combat, or turn three maybe, and until the end of turn six, we're just slugging it out. It's you know, it's like watching soccer. I don't want to end the game in a zero-zero tie. (laughs) I want it to be. I want a combat to be brutal and decisive. Yeah, yeah, just decisive. So maybe Mm. there is merit. So maybe there is merit to the the blended system, but I, I see no value in the people that are arguing for a more 40k like system yeah i so kind of knowing a little bit more on 40k right now um as the big hype of it's coming out again and and watching a whole bunch of the experts here and locally play the comets are actually pretty brutal in 40k right now because there's a lot of numbers that they're rolling like a lot of dice they're rolling so yeah squads are getting wiped out right yeah, but do you want to have the the other downside of forty k combat is, you, do you have fourteen, like Chessex cubes worth of dice yes. in order to roll your combat? You know, like yeah, I like I, I, I know I know what I, you're saying. I know what you're yeah. saying. Um, and I think it goes to the first point I made, like where on the on the last one where all the rules are skewed towards flow over anything else right you know but i do see you know i'll I'll argue against myself here i do see (laughs) that combats can be brutal and when you are the guy on the receiving end of that mortar team assaulting you know your cavalry or something and they get murdered it is stupid and brutal it may be beyond 
any kind of realism. Fair enough. Yeah. But that well, maybe though, maybe though, instead of changing combat, maybe for small teams, uh, they have to take a, like you have to take a tank for your test unless you have any tank grenades. So maybe you have to take a test before you're even allowed to assault. Yeah, there's um, there are options for things like that because I know I know first editions assaults were different. There was a little bit more detail to them. Um, one, um, so as an example, uh, and this might be a, a, a neat little change, is bringing this back. But you as the assaulter, you know, you you're assaulting, you're in range, Kate. Um, the guy hasn't gone yet with an order, but he can do a reactive order of trying to escape, right? So just another order that you can put in there as a react, they escape and then they go down. So, you know, if you have a team that you don't want to get killed, you might be able to do it, but you have to do an order check. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you do an order check. If they pass, they react, they get away. If you fail you're getting charged, plain and simple. This way it gives a little bit of a balance to the attacker and the defender. It's not just an automatic thing that's going to happen. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, I would like to see in that, you know. Uh, as for the prolonged combat and stuff like that, I've seen it enough in games where, you know, I, I, I do agree it does take a lot of time. Um, but I also do agree at the fact that, you know, um, with and on all, all my roles and my opponent who gets one wound on me, wipes out my squad, it's kind of shit, you know, to be honest. <laughs> um, I've, <laughs> I've lost a full-strength squad of regular German infantry to, to that exact situation. Biffed my roles... He killed one guy, he won combat, I'm wiped out. Hmm, okay. Not fun. But if there's a chart that something happens, maybe maybe there's stuff that can be implemented, you know. Um, if you outnumber the guy, maybe you get a bonus, right? Um, stuff like that. Or if you do outnumber, maybe you do more damage to the unit, right? Because I, I don't think the combat's... Even if they added stuff, different stuff to the combats, I don't think they would take too long because what, what's what's the max size of it? Well, okay, now hold on. Max size of a unit. Then I started thinking about the Japanese army. Um, you know, 15 miniatures in an army in a, in a unit. Polish can have 19. Well, there you go. Like that's, that's going to do a lot of damage. <laughs> but it makes sense. There's 19 dudes coming at you to your, what, eight maybe? Mm -hmm. If you biff on your rolls and my eight defeat you, well, there goes those 19 guys. So I'm kind of impartial to both. Um, I do like I do like the speed of things because I know with bolt action there are things that get bogged down. Um, so keeping the speed, but also maybe adding a little something else like Chris is mentioning, right? Just a little something to, to make make the combat a little bit spicier. And not so just 
straight to the point you're dead. That's it. Yeah. You know. Well, I even like what you said. Like, if you outnumber them, sure, that counts as... So when you're figuring out combat results, you know, that you outnumber them, that counts as a plus one for you or something. Yeah. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. So through the power of technology, I brought up the PDF for the uh, chain of command assault. And uh, there is a thing here, you know, add a die if your command initiative level is uh, level of your leaders is present. Add two if your troop quality is higher than the enemy. I was, I was just yada, thinking yada, yada, that. Yada. I was just thinking that, yeah. Mm. But that would slow it down because chain of command is a much different pace of game. But the, yeah. the point I was actually referencing is a little farther down, and it says, like, uh, of course, you could translate these to bolt-action rules, but, like, a draw. Fight again immediately, unless one side breaks due to shock. So you could just say, if you draw, you fight again until you get a result. And if you're defeated by one, you're thrown back six inches facing the enemy. So there you go. That would break. It would do a clean break at the end of that assault no matter what, because you're either fighting again in a draw or you're breaking away so that you don't have the turn after turn after turn where the, I think it was like 6th or 7th edition uh, 40k, you had those tar pit units. Yeah, that, yeah, That's all they would do. They're pointless, you can't kill enough in 6 turns and they just slow everybody down. That's uh, that's a dreadnought fighting a 20-man uh, a unit of grots. Exactly. Yeah. I only do three then, attacks. I only hit with one. I kill one grot. <laughs> and then just to further put the point out there, like if you're defeated by two, you're thrown back nine inches. And then defeated by three, you're thrown back 12 and two points of shock on the team. Defeated by four, well, you break and flee 18 inches, you run away. And you could easily put that as like you're defeated by one, you move back six. Defeated by two, move back nine, take uh, a pin. Defeated by three, move back 12, take two pins. Now you're defeated by four or more, then you're just wiped out. And that'd be quick, easy, and it it wraps that up. It's not a turn-to-turn quagmire of blah. Yeah. Yep. Adds a, adds a little bit of uh, a little extra, but makes it a little bit more entertaining instead of just a, a clean wipe. But Cool. Well, we got that one done. Um, never know. You might try some of these ideas out in your own house rules. That'd be pretty cool. That's, uh, that's the other thing. Maybe we should put that out there, too, because I feel if you're playing at your house, you're not beholden to the book. Yeah. So far as I know, Warlord Games does not send out a Judge Dread type character to your house if what? you decide to go against the uh, the rules. So if there is a rule that you think is stupid, just change it, baby. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good in the neighborhood, baby. Very good. Jason, you're next up. Which one do you got? Okay, here's one. Officers are dumb. So let's make them less dumb. Okay, interesting. And I was thinking that if you could allow an officer to rally on behalf of a unit in its command radius, so you have an officer with a command radius of six. He's next to a unit with three pins on it. Why can't that officer within six inches of that unit 
rally for them. So he's like, hey, get your ass out of the dirt. Do so, Oh, kind of like a you men snap to action ability? Yeah. but Like an, like an of, auto rally? Yeah. Well, not auto. You still have to roll the, uh, the dice to see if you, uh, okay. like how many you pins you can remove. Okay. And you can even make it, you can still have to roll an order test because maybe those men don't hear it or like are like shut up we don't care what you're saying right uh but just have have the officer have a reason to be nearby his troops besides that snap to action because that snap to action is awesome for some armies and very not that useful for other armies so a lot of people take the cheapest officer they can by himself and hide him behind something and put him down for the entire game. I don't know and, who does that. I really don't know who does that. You know, I never do that, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a so, good. That's a good point. Um, or give him something, because right now there's some armies that use them, and most players don't. Even the guys that occasionally use snap to action, the officer is just there hanging around, hiding, and then occasionally running out to <laughs> grab an objective or to smoke yeah. some poor innocent uh, mortar team or something. Some smaller unit with the SMGs because they always have SMGs, yeah. right? So, Which also, they, they never... You know, like when I'm playing a game, I feel like... You know, it's a very cinematic game. I love that about this game. And I feel like I see the infantry moving across the table and they're trying to hug cover wherever they can. And Or if they have to be in cover, their player's always, like, worried. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I love all that. It makes it realistic. You know, you, you see the guys, uh, you know, advancing up. Or you see the weapons teams hunkered down, taking their shots. And you see the officer n not doing anything. Right. You know, and I feel that perhaps the officer, at least some officers, uh, moved with their troops and did stuff. Because hmm. even keeping them close by, six inches isn't that big of a radius. Keeping them close by for uh, plus one, you know, if you're doing the cheaper uh, officer, plus one to your uh, morale. You know, it's good, but it's not it's not killer, you know. And especially if you're uh if you're playing a game with kill points. True. So it gives you I think just something else to give them incentive. And I think the rallying would also help keep game like keep the more units engaged in the in the game. Keeps keeps them bloodier <laughs> you know say i don't want i don't want a zero zero score at the end true hmm there's um it's interesting you you pointed kind of pointed that out for like maybe shaking it up for officers and stuff uh i got two points here one that is kind of coexisting with your uh, officer like rally kind of ability um, 
is the rally order too strong? So we'll we'll touch on that in in right after this. But again, going to first edition bolt action, uh, they actually had reactions, which could easily be turned into abilities that your officer would be able to, uh, you know, special rules or, or commands, I should say, your officer would be able to give to nearby units, mm. right? So as an example. Um, you know, we already have like the stand and shoot. So when you're being assaulted, you can shoot as long as you're not within, they're not within a six inch range. Right. Yeah. So that, what, that was a reaction that they had before too. Um, there's also the escape reaction, which is very similar to what I mentioned about the assault, um, go down. Of course, that's normal for all units. Um, but they have one called, uh, firefight and, uh, essentially it's, if your unit is shot by another unit, an enemy unit that's within a 20 inch range, you can actually react by shooting back. Mm. Right. So not every unit would be able to do this, but your officer would be able to use that ability. Right now. I think I know why they took this stuff out because it slows the game down like yeah. big time. Right. But, not not every one of your units is doing this. It's just the ones that your officer is commanding kind of thing, right? So you have one like that, and then you have another one that's called Run the Cover. It essentially allows you, um, again, if you're being shot by an enemy that's um, greater than 20 inches this time, you can order that unit to run to some cover, move to some cover. So, you know, just ideas throwing out mm-hmm. there that be make your officers a little bit more, um, I guess, workable in in the game. Actually, have maybe a different function, you know, yeah. um, instead of just sitting there with their bubble issuing you men snap to action and giving you the plus one or plus two to your to your morale. Yeah. So. It's it's one of those things that it'd be cool to try out. Maybe try it out in a scenario, you know. But uh no, that's a good point. Um what do you think, Chris? I really like Jason's idea. Because I think the whole premise of uh Warlord ever going to a version three is bolt actions their bread and butter, right? So they don't want to change core mechanics too much. So I think as long as you can keep the mechanics that are in the game and shuffle them around, you already have the mechanic of the rally order. Yeah. If you were to move that over and use it as, like Jason was saying, a snap two where it burns his own order die to do a rally order on behalf of someone and keep all the radiuses the same, six for first and second lieutenants and twelves for captains and majors. That way you're not changing things too much where everybody's going to get upset and go find something else. Just a little Fair bit enough. that everybody already knows what the rules are for rally, how to do them. Everybody already knows lieutenants and kind of keep it like that. I think that's a great idea. Nice. So second second part of that, um, like I had mentioned, do you guys think that the rally order is too strong? No. It's too much? No. It's never used. No. 
It and and honestly, I always uh, use it. Oh, I use it all the time. But I, <laughs> I. Uh... Oh, you guys made a liar out of me now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, it, it's it's usually that. it's usually when prep bombardment hits your whole army on the first turn. No, it's like it's like you blackjack, know? baby. I mean, if you hit seventeen, you stand. No matter what, you stand on seventeen. You hit three pins, you rally. Three pins, rally. Three pins, rally. And anytime I go against that, it facts up. It goes against me every time. Fair enough. Anytime I'm like, oh, maybe three, maybe I can, you know, three pins on this isn't that bad. I guess I really want bloop fail. Hmm. So, yeah, but, and, and I think the, like, I love the pin mechanic. But also, I think uh, if you don't have a tool like rallying where you have the potential to get rid of even a lot, like you, you can get rid of seven pins. Yeah. Uh, so you can get rid of multiple turns worth of pins in one go to keep that unit engaged and, and moving in the game. I think anything that keeps the game moving is good. Okay. You know. And and it still costs them a turn. It's still a turn penalty essentially. Like that guy that unit doesn't get to do anything. So essentially they're cashing in their chips for a chance at relieving all of their pins and losing a turn. And when you're only talking a six turn, possibly seven turn game for most games, that's actually a significant you know, your effectiveness just got reduced that you know, that much, you know? Yeah. Um, the way I kind of looked at it though is, is, you know, you're pumping in so much firepower into that one unit, you know, and it like that unit should be dead. It should be dead. And then they do a rally order with that D six plus one with an unmodified leadership. Right. And boom, like they're, they're, they're back. You yeah, know. but that doesn't ha- like how many here's a here's a, this is going to sting Andy. Okay, just get ready. This is going to be a stinger. How many times have you failed that unmodified leadership check? Oh, lots of times. Yeah. But that's cuz my dice suck, Jason. <laughs> but I'm saying like you could still fail it. Oh, for sure. And and it makes it sting that much or even when I pass I, I, you know, like I have the potential of taking off seven, but what do I usually do? I take off two or three. Yeah. Every time. Every you know, time. So almost inevitably you have one pin left no matter what. Okay. So I don't think it's, I don't like, I don't think it's overpowered. I think it's kind of one of the rules that's just right. Because okay. I do love that pins can slow things down in a sense. It can, you can use them to slow an army down. Uh, that's trying to come across the board. You can use it to, uh, you know, to blunt in advance. Uh, but also, I think if you didn't have that uh, rally uh, as a tool, mechanic, yeah, everybody would be even less likely to advance beyond cover or. You know, you'd, you'd end up with two dwarven gun lines in every single game. 
What do you, you know mean? What I mean? I thought that was the game. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and there's good points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good points. Anyway, you're wrong, Andy. You suck, That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say everything you say is wrong. Oh, everything I say is wrong. Wow. (laughs) Wow. What do you think, Chris? Is Andy wrong? (laughs) I don't have the authority to make a choice like that. (laughs) Oh, the authority. See, like that. I like that. An interesting note, though, on your rally. So at the beginning of this segment, I said, well, it's never used. So admittedly i usually play veteran heavy armies oh, and that's true. Yeah. i rarely oh, one, used rally one of those guys Ugh. one i'm one of those guys <laughs> so as soon as i even if i got two pins i'm gonna roll the usual amount um i'm gonna take my average of eight or under right and yeah. more than often i'll get it i lose the pin and i keep moving where I find the only army I consistently use rally is my Soviets. And them I play usually inexperienced heavy. Yeah. And if yeah. you're looking at it kind of from a realism standpoint, you have the worst, the least motivated individuals fighting under your command, and they're pinned down by multiple units shooting at them, and suddenly they pass an unmodified test, and they're like, yeah, I'm cool with this. I'm I'm gonna keep going on, like eh, I don't know, kind of a bit backwards, but at the same time, it's a game and you gotta. That is true. Yeah, you gotta keep it moving somehow. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think honestly, if you if you're gonna look at it that way, you look at uh, as it uh, look at that rule being applied uh, as an aggregate over the six turns, and that unit that got those pins had to stop for a turn. So if you're watching it in a movie, that would be a unit that slowed down because they were scared. Not Maybe not necessarily stopped, but slowed down. You know what I mean? So I think it still gotcha. works. Fair enough. No, good points all, all around. No, that's a good one. So keep it the way it is. I got a quick one here. And this came up the other day uh, with a couple of the gents playing some tank wars. Um, And it does apply just to regular bolt action. Measurement from tanks. So not, not your line of sight, but the actual measurement of your shot from tanks. I've been looking at it, I've been looking at FAQs, I've been looking at forums, at what people have been saying and what's officially been said. It's a breach, isn't it? Am I wrong? You're wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. See, it's, you're wrong this time. Um, so artillery is from the center of the gun. They say breach, right? Whereas from tanks, it's from the hull. So all your shots are coming from the hull. Um, I would like to see that changed from the gun. Change it to the gun. So if you have like uh, one of those Soviet tanks with, uh, you know, it's like a seven inch bottle and it has a 14 inch barrel on it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could, I kind of like, liked... like breach. Okay. From the breach, that's, that's fine. Like for me, but keep it the same. Yeah. Right? I, honestly, I don't think it makes a difference as long as they 
say I like the breach simply because a that's what I assumed it was, and b I know it says somewhere. So you're saying it's that's where it says it in artillery. Yeah. So then just keep it the same, baby. That's keep that's it. what I'm saying, right? It's a simple one. Just keep it the same. Uh, you know the the main gun, of course, from the breach. Um, your machine guns. I mean, just measure from your machine guns. They're pretty clear on the tanks, right? Um, I I understand why they do the hull. Right. It's it is pretty simple, but I don't know. I I, I guess I'm just used to measuring from the actual guns from just a whole bunch of other games, but at least keep it consistent the same with artillery. Yeah. Keep keep it the same within the system. I wouldn't, I didn't even think that it was different. Neither did I until it came up the other day. Um, So so. So in other words, I am a cheater. (laughs) We're all cheaters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair, really this cheating just robs me of a couple of inches of, uh, of shooting. Yeah. So, so, and with that, uh, the other part of that, I guess, is, and this has come up a couple times now, and I reread it today, um, rear-facing weapons, mainly machine guns, on, like, turrets. Mm-hmm. Um, they always, they, they say that whatever weapons are on the same um, mounting has to fire at the same targets, right? Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's what I understand it was. And there was an argument of because you're firing your main cannon at something, your rear machine gun couldn't fire because it couldn't fire at that target. But when you read... That's not right. I know. But when you read in the book, it says use your turret and or coaxial, whichever one you decide, uh, resolve their shots first. And then it goes into saying, you know, you have the rear machine gun can only fire in the opposite arc of the front guns, but it doesn't go on to say that you can fire onto a, a different target, right? It doesn't, it's not really clear on that. So it's probably just a wording thing. So it's not so much you're changing something, but more of changing the wording on it. Um, and maybe they've, they've fixed that, but I, I didn't see it in the FAQs myself. Um, and it could just be actually in the regular book about, uh, um, firing the different weapons maybe on, on different mounts, but it's on the same mount to my, in my opinion, but it's come up a few times and we've made that, you know, the gentleman's judgment call on, yeah, you can fire. Like it doesn't make sense that you couldn't, but. Uh, and, that, and that's just a quick one, right? Like, you know. And I'd, I'd actually like to amend my number one thing on this list. Oh. Because I have it, but uh, I, it should be first. Let's just say if you're going to write a new rule book, uh, let's put a proper index. <laughs> let's just do that. Let's just start with even if we don't see a single rule change, can I get a, a friggin' just a, a properly indexed book? I found that, an index. It works pretty good. Yeah, but, you know, it just should be part of the OG content. Fair enough. That's a good one. 
While we're on the subject of turrets here, I'm going to bring up one I'm not sure you guys saw coming. Turrets. Every darn time you get a panther with a giant old barrel hanging off of that turret. Something comes in from behind and you have it on ambush. Magically, that turret can turn 180 degrees, whip that giant barrel around, takes a shot, and blows it up from the other side of the table. Oh, yeah. I think 100% ambush should be at whatever direction your gun is pointed at. There has to be something, and I'm going to say it again. In chain of command, you can only turn that turret 120 degrees. That's it. So you can only turn it the third of a circle. Because mm. turrets just don't turn that fast, man. No. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that is one I did not see coming. Um, I, I, think even just, I think even just easier than that, Chris, is just... 90 if you degrees? Put a, well, even if you just put a unit in amb- a tank in ambush... It's it's at whatever you have it pointed at. You've got your arc. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And it would bring in another dynamic, too, of if you want to turn that turret around and you can only move at 90 or 120 degrees, you can rotate your hull, but there's always a negative downside to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I kind of like that, actually. But I still think for ambush, it has to be, even with the turret rule, even if you put in a turret rule, like your ambush, you're you're sitting there waiting, looking at, you know, it's supposed to be like a split second. Aha, I've got you and I shot. Yeah, you, you I know what Jason, you're saying there too about, uh, so when you do that ambush order, you would dedicate, Kate, this is where my turret is facing. And it has, yeah. and it, and the guns have that ninety, you know, the ninety inch degree arc, or you know, forty five, forty five, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's the arc. That's your ambush arc. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. It's stupid because I've 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 seen it, and it's it is as bad as the single mortarman assaulting. Veterans. <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh, that's, but yeah, that's I, I kind of like. I kind of like. Yeah, the uh, the mechanic of putting, you know, whatever the degree is, uh, you know, of your your turret movement. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree, and it it would make uh, moving your tanks a little bit more. Uh, finicky than it is but then again you know okay i just okay i just argued myself out of it i think (laughs) in the interest of flow you you don't fiddle with the uh uh the moving the turret but i do still agree with the ambush you set the ambush to whatever you're looking at you can still turn it to turret as far as you want because i as much as I like the idea of, okay, well, now I have to turn my tank in order to get the exact angle I want, it would add a, a little bit of a finickiness that maybe isn't as appropriate in bolt action. Hmm. But I don't know. Yes, but there's another part of that. So what you brought up there is, yeah, it's finicky, but if you compare the price point between, in the German book, 
the do the, sorry the stug the one with the heavy at gun encasement mounted yeah uh, i want to say it's going off memory here 230 points yet a panzer four statistically is also a medium tank with a rotatable turret and it's what 240 245 so on the high side it's 15 points difference to be able to have your front armor facing where you want it to and shoot in any direction i would pay that 15 points again and again every time because it's such a small percentage of your overall cost yeah that's true you know okay i'm back you brought me back because <laughs> because uh, one thing i think they can add to bolt action is a little layer uh an extra layer to tanks and maybe that's a way to achieve it because right now the tanks are a little generic there's a, there is a lot of them are very similar right yeah and there's no way that a t70 should be you know popping up and taking down uh stugs you know not to point at andy's poor stug but uh you know like there's just not the difference isn't very big and mm -hmm. and and i was thinking that maybe it's just adding a couple of you know like uh rules like they have like slow you know just add a page of tank rules that you can throw on various tanks to give them a little bit of a difference i like that the overall they're fairly similar because it's easy i don't have to memorize the enemy yeah. army book to know a medium tank detail. is a medium tank yeah yeah but maybe a medium tank has the slow rule because it's notoriously slow and uh, maybe there's another rule because uh the ammunition that that tank uses is garbage or i don't know but and they do have some of that stuff in a there. little bit there's a cup there's the slow there's the what the okay now i'm uh well it's like the french turrets right like the one-man turret like they have that yeah yeah right? that's one yeah you have slow the riveted construction you have riveted whatever. uh you have heavy i think it is heavy yeah you, you know and then you have like uh, like i said there are some stuff like the germans have the skirts right um so they get bonus to that armor um i think the one big one and and this is gonna get somebody riled up here i think i think the one big one is tiger fear yeah <laughs> tank fear just tank fear exactly exactly nobody's afraid everybody every infantryman is afraid of every tank it's not like the infantrymen hear a tank and they're like oh my god it might be a tiger oh phew. It's a Panzer three. Thank, thank fucking God. Panzer three with three machine guns. Thanks, but oh my God, yes, rip. Oh, I was so worried that it was a tiger. That's it. I'm good. We're good, guys. Yeah, it's tank fit. Every infantry fit is, does not want to run into a tank. Maybe have tiger fear apply to other tanks. Mm. Because it a, a tiger does make a difference to a a Sherman. Well, the crew, but, crews definitely were affected by seeing a just one tiger. Just right? a big, 
just a big ass tank. Yeah. But every tank is big. That's why the uh the Tetrarch tank is a great tank if it's just a couple of infantry you're running up against. True. I think all of these tank issues in bolt action are a symptom of a bigger problem. So it's well known that Warlord has that formula for how they come up with the points cost, right? Mm -hmm. So the points cost difference between an armor value 8 to a 9 is something like an extra 40 points, generically, right? So you can quantify each of these values on how much they improve your odds or chances of doing something or surviving a hit, yada, yada, yada. And there's a quantifiable amount of points that they assign to each of these values. So if you were to take my turret example, so it's 15 points to be able to do a lot more. So if you put that over the cost of 230, that's like what, five, six percent of the cost of that tank, but you increased its survivability by being able to do that, not it's exponentially more. You're not yep. increasing its survivability by 5%. Mm -hmm. I haven't done the math on it, but you're increasing it by a lot more than that. So how do you quantify that in a points value? Whether you do one-man turret. What is the one-man turret rule worth in their current scheme? What is slow worth in their current scheme? So I, I almost think they need to look at their formula and adjust mm -hmm. the numbers just a little bit, and that'll solve almost all the vehicle issues that we've brought up without changing anything core in the game. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would say. That's good. Good idea. Bring him up, Andy. Call Warlord. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. agree, though. I 100%. Sure. So I know we have a lot more. Uh, those were just some of the ones that we uh, we came up. Did we with. say index? Yes, we said index. Uh, one, I, I think we're probably gonna have to do another episode on this because I know uh, I know it is getting a little late here. Um, but I think the one one I'm gonna finish off with here is, and, and you guys may agree, disagree, and I think this might make the flow of the game a little faster is the rolling to hit the mechanic of sevens you know yeah a six and a four yeah <laughs> okay and that wraps it up um <laughs> I'm, skipping, I'm, skipping, I'm skipping straight to the to the meat and potatoes of it so a six and a six is tough yeah no, for sure. I, I just find that it kind of, it does bog it down a bit, right? And, you know, you rolling sixes with a small amount of dice, you know, if you do get, you do get that six, like make that your worst number, right? Like you can either do the six, six and four, like Jason said, or you can just make it six is the worst and that's it, right? Um, essentially- I don't know, I I will say I do like the concept of seven. I like a, a a very difficult but not impossible. There's always a chance mm -hmm. uh, concept. I just think that six and six, it, it a it doesn't fall in line with any other game I've played. It's always been a six and a four for any of those kind of uh, 
above six multipliers for right. a seven, right? And in some games, even have it a six and a four is a seven, a six and a five is an eight, uh, uh, you know, a six and a six is uh, not, you know, so some some games bring it up that way. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, and I agree. I, I don't know. I don't like. Uh, I don't like the concept of impossible shots. You know, you still like having a chance. Still like having a chance. That's fair. Yeah, but maybe it can be because, yeah, maybe it can be a little easier. And I'm not. You know, I'm not anti sevens. I'm not anti six and a six. I just think it maybe. Maybe let's just bring a little bit more, sprinkle a little uh, sousant of blood on the table and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, make it a little easier for the murder. Yeah. I, I just, I was just looking at it as like uh, uh cut down on time kind of part of the game, right? Um, it is one of those games that, that can take a lot of time to play. So some some of us can hammer out games pretty quick and others, you know, uh, definitely takes a little bit longer. Yeah. I know so. I just have to cut the jibber-jabber out of the... <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. It's not sevens. Those are, weekend, those are weekend games at your place, Jason. That's what we do. It's, it's just my jibber-jabber. Spend the whole day there hanging out, playing. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Chris, yourself, what do you think of that? I I agree a hundred percent. Don't quote me on the rules here, but Team Yankee, same thing. If you need a, a seven to hit, it's a roll with a subsequent five or higher. Okay. And I think an eight is a six on a six. And if you need a nine or higher to hit, it it's just not happening. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. So other systems do it. I remember the old tables from 40K with weapon skill, ballistic skill, and all this stuff, and yep. one finger here and there, and you come down, and it's a, oh, yeah, that's a that's a six slash four plus. Yeah, I agree. Six on a six is too harsh. Yeah. So... Until it happens, and then it's, then I'm grumpy. Or you roll four sixes in a row. It happens. Oh, it does. Burr, burr, but, burr. but yeah. Those are those are some of the changes that uh, obviously we've mentioned and have thought about that uh, would be interesting to see. And you never know; we might actually implement some in our, you know, well, games with each other. I, spell checker. <laughs> Sp- they, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they need a they need a spell checker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's one uh, I did not see coming. <laughs> no, I didn't either. That's funny. That's funny. But yeah, no, those are some good topics. Um, like I said, we'll probably have to do like part two of this because I'm sure we have a lot more. <laughs> um, so yeah, good good ideas. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Maybe you guys agree with us. Maybe you disagree. Uh, let us know. Maybe you have uh, the ideas of your own of different changes or you've played other games that might have similar things. And, uh, you know, I'd love to, to hear about it and read up on them and, and check things out. Right. 
um, you know, both both guys have played other games as well, and you know, Chain Command, and then uh, you have uh, you know, Team Yankee stuff like that, all kind of military games, but they all have little different systems that could probably work work quite well with each other uh, for changes and stuff. But um, yeah, glad you guys tuned in and checked out the episode. Hope you guys liked it. Thanks again, Chris and Jason, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having us. No worries. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure they'll be on here uh, more often as well, as there's always topics to talk about for Bolt Action and other games. Um, And, yeah, check out our socials, check out our webpage, all that kind of stuff, like I've said earlier. Um, You know, send us pictures of your Bolt Action stuff. Maybe you have an event coming up we'd like to hear about. Um, Reach out to us. You know, send us pictures. Use the hashtag for your minis. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So uh, thanks for tuning in again. And hopefully we'll see you guys on the tabletop and keep rolling those dice. See you guys next time. Laters.